everyone. So glad you joined us in for another episode of Parkview on the Spot. My name's Chad. I'm one of the pastors here at Parkview. And as you might imagine, I'm with a good friend, Nathan. Hey, bro. Hey, man. What's up? Great to see you. Hey, good friend. That makes me feel really good about myself. I did that for you. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for tuning in, everybody else. Um, while you're listening or after you're done listening, make sure that you rate this podcast, uh, leave a review, click the subscribe button. Um, honestly, when you do that, it gives us the ability to reach more people with this content so we um, and we can make an impact in people's lives. Pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, today uh, we've got another wonderful conversation with a good buddy of mine, Eric Camfield, a former Yankee. How about that? A That's pretty cool. Yankee. Former Yankee, Not dude. many people can he, say that. He's an awesome dude. Yeah. Uh, he loves God. He loves baseball. But, you know, he also loves fly fishing. And you're going to hear an awesome story about how his life moved from baseball to just following after God's heart to yeah. now being uh, a nonprofit leader for a fly fishing thing. And it's it's a pretty cool story. Yeah, really cool interview. Uh, just really quick, Chad. Can I put you on the spot for mm-hmm. a second? Of course. Absolutely. Hey. Uh, Anytime you want. Yeah, I, I don't know if you really mean that. Um, but can you just can you just tell our audience, the people listening right now, yeah. um, they'd be I know they're curious. Yeah. Uh, how would you describe the scent of your deodorant at this very moment? At this very moment? At this maybe not this very moment, but you know, maybe yesterday, what you put on in the morning. Dude, I found what I believe to be the best deodorant for a dude, and it's charcoal. Charcoal deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> How is, did you choose charcoal dude, deodorant? Because I was out deodorant. I went to the store and I'm looking at the shelf and nothing's you know sticking out. And then I see one that says charcoal in front. I'm like, I don't even need to smell it. You recognize I know it I from a it. Pinterest board? And, is that and, what you saw? Sure. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah, and, yeah. and sure enough, dude, throughout the day, I just, yep, it smells <laughs> like a campfire. It's and good. you can purify your Woo! water all go. day long through your armpits. Anyway, okay. uh, love you guys. Thanks for thanks for listening to this episode. Enjoy the interview. Well, what's up, Eric? So good to be with you today, man. Glad you joined us. Yeah, thanks for it's good to have you out at our place. So we're <laughs> sitting in the shade under some beautiful trees in the yeah, middle man. of a parking lot. Yeah, on the spot in Lombard. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So how, how you doing, man? Doing great. Yeah? Doing great. Yeah, yeah. You, you look good. Thank you. Yeah. Do you like the big Jesus beard I have going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm really a little good. jealous. <laughs> I can't grow facial hair. Really? Yeah. So I feel a little, uh, is it the word emasculated right now? Is that the word? I, I, that's that's very that, much the that, word I would that's say. How, yes. That's how I feel right now. Yeah, you've been, you've been working hard on that thing. It looks good. Yeah, you know, my cousin back in Ohio, he's an interesting person. He's done been a radio, radio DJ. He's been a professional mascot for the Reds. He's been, uh, he's worked for NASA. Uh, he's a brewmaster now, but he one of his side gigs is he... Uh, competed in beard competitions. And so, like, when we went back home just a few months ago, I said, Doug, here's where I'm at. Uh, what do I need to do? He goes, just let it go for six more months. And uh, I said, all right. That's some free advice to our listeners there right now. That's right. If you're thinking of doing beard competitions, just let it go. I would look so bad if I let my beard go for more than just, like, a couple days. Really? Oh, yeah. It just would not look good. I'm not, I don't have that, like, big beard face. I've always thought you had a big beard See, face. There you go. Hey, can we talk baseball? Any guy who smells like campfire <laughs> should let his beard Any go. Any guy that smells like campfire. That's right. Hey, You're can welcome. We, can we talk baseball? Yeah. Sure. Um, can you tell everybody, you know, how awesome you were <laughs> at baseball? Here's how I would describe it. If I was a little more awesome, we probably wouldn't be having this interview. <laughs> what do you mean, man? What do you mean? <laughs> talk about that. Uh, no, I... Um, I uh, you know, hit my first baseball over the house when I was two years old and then the <laughs> wiffle ball. And then it was like, from then on, Eric's a baseball player. Yeah, so, um, but I, you know, played, uh, uh, at Ohio, played college ball. And then with the Yankees, 
uh, for two and a half, almost three That's seasons awesome. in the minor leagues, uh, which was really cool. You know, it's a dream. Um, you know, um, yeah, and I just, you know, every you'd, you'd go from pinching yourself because you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm with Derek Jeter and, like, all these guys. Yeah. And then Holy it's like, cow. but it's every day, you know, 12 hours a day. Like, it's this yeah, grind. It's a grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's it's a I job hear. and it's yeah. a business, right? And so yeah. you have to work through some of that stuff. Like, it, it's more of a mental challenge. The guys that would come out of Cuba or Latin America, like, they were just so excited to be here and they played loose and they were mm-hmm. having fun, right? And it was all guys like me that were, like, smashing coolers and breaking hey, bats. And pressure. That stuff. You, did you break a bat over your leg? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. D- describe, yeah. describe that feeling, though, like being a minor leaguer, always hoping for the next step and making it big. Like, what, what is yeah. that like, man, to live that day-to-day? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a mix. Like, you love the game, right? And you've got this – it's not just a dream, but it's a drive, right? So mm-hmm. you're so locked in, and the intensity, at least for me, I'm, I, I mean, I, I, my gauge leans on the more intense side. Um, you know, so, I mean, but, like, every ball you hit in batting practice, every everything you're doing, like, you're working mm. towards something, right? So you're trying yeah. to perfect. ESPN had this commercial years back, and it was during football season. These guys were making these amazing quest- catches in the end zone and all these plays, and then there was that voice, right? If I could come back, something else <laughs> would be a guy with that voice. Well, He's sure, like, sure. He goes, amateurs practice until they get it right. Professionals practice until they can't get it wrong. And I'm like, <laughs> Yes, like that's what we're <laughs> that's all. <me>. About. Um, <clears throat> you know, and so, but like that, that, that the line gets pretty narrow and thin mm. between who makes it, who doesn't, who's good, and who's great. You know, it's just these series of little things, and then you've just got the best baseball players in the world, all wired just like you. Yeah, yeah. man. Right. It's so a, as you as you look back on that, is there is there one person that you wish you would have had a chance to play with that you never really got a chance to play with? Uh... Like one guy that I sticks don't know. out? No, that was, you know what was weird? People would say, who did you emulate your game after? Yeah. I was like, I never did anybody. Like, I just wanted mm. to be you me. You yeah. Uh, and maybe that's pride or arrogance, or maybe that's just a competitive nature. Maybe. I'm like, yeah, I maybe. was like, I'm going to go be me well, was there and ever- blow everyone away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And now you're focusing all that attention on your beard. I can tell it's my really beard. it's perfect. Yes. My yeah. beard and my church. And yes. your church. Yeah, and your church. Sorry, we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> um, was there ever anybody you played against that you just it made you go, "Holy crap! I am playing against this person right now." I've seen him on TV. Or- um, yeah, there were a few of those. Tim Raines. Oh yeah, um, man. Yeah. So he was with the Yankees when I was playing, and he had gotten injured. Um, and so he did a couple rehab ga- rehab games with us when so I was in the Florida him. State League. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's and cool. so, you know, you want a funny story? Oh yes, please. So, we definitely want a funny story. Uh, Tim Raines, they call him Rock. Yep. He forgets his batting gloves. He's like, oh man. He goes, can I borrow yours? But I said, sure. <laughs> you know, you took my spot in the lineup. You <laughs> can <laughs> certainly use my. You don't get a heal your leg or something. <laughs> and so he puts them on, right? And I've got like hole here, and like it's ripped a little bit here. Yeah. And he's like, oh man, I can't use these. Well, yeah. So he's going. So anyway, but so he was rehabbing a hamstring, <laughs> and so first at bat, you know, he gets a little base hit, and he's kind of like he's like limping down the first base, and he's like leading off and he's like my leg my leg he's like kind of hollering and then he steals second base <laughs> and then he's like oh he goes i heard it again he goes oh trainer trainer he's leading off then he steals third base <laughs> right so anyway he ends up scoring he comes in and he goes did you hear me fooling those guys out there he goes that pitcher had no idea he goes he goes i thought my leg was hurt i said that's awesome. i said rock you weren't fooling anybody. <laughs> but the next day, I had a box of brand new batting gloves in my That's locker. Cool. And I was from grateful. Tim from Tim Raines. Yep. Have you amazing. saved one of them at least or no? 
No, I needed to use them. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool, man. Now, there, yep. there are obviously going to be people who hear this conversation and have no clue who you are, right? So, in addition to baseball, I know you also have another love, something mm-hmm. that you enjoy very well, uh, very much. W- what is that? My wife. Okay. True. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we. I'm can talk told about I that. have to <laughs> say that every time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about we, that on the podcast. Yes. Oh, all right. yes. Yeah. Um, in addition to in your addition lovely to wife. The- so, are you speaking of fishing? I am speaking of fishing. Yep. So, I yeah. grew up fishing with my grandfather, um, but over the last probably 20, 25 years, fly fishing has been my passion. I still love fishing. bass fishing, and I kind of did more of that, especially in college, but. Uh, in college, you're always doing dumb things. So there was this pawn shop in town. And so I had this gold chain I didn't really wear anymore. So I traded it for my first fly rod. Uh, and I remember the first time casting that. I'm like, wow, I'm hooked. You know, no pun intended. Um, but from there, like, I just, uh, you know, you get experiences, you hang with people and, and, and stuff. But uh, recently, uh, I was doing some uh, trips with Young Life. And so, you know, in where we're at in the western suburbs, like we're connected to people of influence. And so Which they, is, explain Young Life real quick. For Young Life is a student ministry that works really, does a great job with high schoolers. And it's kind of the kids who wouldn't normally go to a church youth, youth yeah. group. That's who they're really Building passionate about and hanging with them. And Yeah. Yeah. And so they said, Eric, you love to fly fish. I said, yeah. And you're connected to people that have money. I said, yeah. yeah. They said, if you could get a group of them to come out, you can fly fish for free and we're going to try to raise money for Young Life. I said, I'm in. Yeah. So I did that for a couple of years, but something was stirring in me because we had a great trip and these guys were generous and it helped out Young Life and Frontier Ranch, and um, which was really awesome. And we just had a good time hanging, but I just thought, you know, there's an opportunity here. Like I just saw something that if we could get men away, create an experience um, that actually becomes a turning point in their life or sets a different trajectory and then the follow up with them uh, to kind of, you know, because everyone, when they go, you, you have a vision like, okay, I need to stop doing this. I, you know, I'd live, love to do this. If we could actually help you live into that, where it impacts your daily life, your weekly life, um, that would be amazing. Yeah. And so that stirred in me for probably a couple of years until just in the last probably two years, we uh, I launched a nonprofit called Alter Fly Fishing, where we do this very thing. So I just, I was in Utah uh, two weeks ago. Uh, with a group of leaders. I mean, some of the the top guys uh, with Comcast and 7-Eleven and four other business owners yeah. fishing and just digging in to say, what does it mean to be to have a healthy soul, right? Just this kind of integrated wow. life that works. Yeah. And then to say, how do we return back to our home waters, right? You can milk all kinds of fly Some good fishing. metaphors there. Yeah, good metaphors. <laughs> um, but my heart is I want to see them actually, because so many people are it looks like they're living a great life, but they're not happy or they're miserable or they're just grinding it out. They yeah. said, it could be different, but you often can't do that by yourself. And so let's figure out, let's partner together. Let's have an experience. You know, we're going to catch some fish. We're going to eat some great food. We're going to dig into some things that even the Bible has to say that speaks into this. And they're like, wow, I, cool. n- I never knew this stuff was it. I'm like, it's in there. I'm I like, love that. But now we have to say, how, how do we, now I'm following up, like, how do we actually... You know, they, they create the plan of kind of what their next is. But, you know, when you get home, you do a trip, you kind of get punched in the mouth, right? You've got emails, you got work. You know, your family's like, good, you went away. But, like, now we have to, I mean, it's, it's hard. <laughs> that you never, ain't fly fishing anymore, baby. That never happens. <laughs> <laughs> got to take your son to uh, soccer. That's right. <laughs> and so, you know, we say we have another three to six months to say, let's just stay in dialogue and mm-hmm. let's help that's cool. Um, put that. So I have, I have a coaching practice also on okay. the side that kind of helps facilitate 
the after. Yeah, is that. there a website that somebody could go to to find out more information? Yeah, Alter Fly Fishing, A L T A R, like the altars in the Bible. Yeah, man. Nice. Can, I love you know. it. Can I go back a little bit in yeah, your story? Yeah, back up. Um, <clears throat> you, you mentioned that if you were a little bit better at baseball, we wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah. Um, so Thanks I, for bringing that up. Well, again. you know. I, <laughs> We like to tear our guests down just to build them up. It's like yeah. the fly okay. fishing retreat. It's a very you know? loving yeah. thing we do. How's your soul? Anyway, so <laughs> uh, so I'm wondering, so you spent a couple of years in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, how in the world did you go from that to you now work at a church yep. and you have a fly fishing retreat gig? How, can you talk about that transition from sure. baseball to that? Yeah, so um, coming out of spring training my third year um, – we were just stockpiled, former Mr. Steinbrenner, right? Mm-hmm. Yankees, they buy superstars. And so mm-hmm. I had Bernie, I was a center fielder, <laughs> so I already had Bernie Williams, uh, you know, there. Yep. Um, but we had our whole AAA outfield, Shane Spencer, Ricky Ledee, Ruben Rivera. Those are guys that should have already been in the big leagues right. that are stuck. We have two other first-round picks, myself, all, I mean, it's just. You're loaded. As an out, yeah, you're loaded. Yeah. And so I kind of just wanted to know you know what the options were because you're 24 if you're not cracking in by 25 26 like you're going to be done anyway mm-hmm. yeah and there was nowhere to go in the yankee system and you so. had no desire to be a lifer minor leaguer well i don't think that pitchers hang around a little more you yeah. don't see mm-hmm. tons of center fielders you know crash davis <laughs> crash davis out of bull durham um uh yeah and the goal is never to be a career minor leaguer it's to be a big leaguer you right. bet yeah um so, you know, they we went through the different options. Well, you can get traded. Am I in trade talks? No. You know, if someone gets injured, you know, you move up. But, you know, it's also a business. So I've got multi-million dollar guys that play my position underneath me. They're one, can they make the next step to the mm-hmm. next level? Right. And uh, so I'm like, that's not a well, probably the greatest option. And there's still nowhere else for anyone else to go. So um, I took my release and took my chances to try to get picked up with another club. And I didn't get re-signed. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of put an end to the baseball, but you don't know that. I was getting married that fall. Still, you know, I'm shooting emails and staying in shape. And, yeah. you know, I played a softball game back home. My dad always, as a joke, put me on the church softball team. That's right? such, a, such a privilege. <laughs> and this, right. Such a privilege and an yeah. honor let, to let play me, on your church and softball and team. No disrespect. It was a co-ed church softball league, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's not, like I'd say competitiveness is not like... It was a little bit of a gap from what I was used to with slightly, the Yankees. Slightly. Derek, Derek Jeter's not playing in that my, league. My first game, this lady hits this little ball over. I was playing like I was just roving in the outfield, just like gobbling up everything. And just, she hits this little dunker, and I come up, and I just unleash the first base <laughs> to throw her out. You threw her out at first base? And it misses. Well, the ball goes past our first baseman. Like, he didn't even get his glove out because yeah. he just was wasn't so expecting it. <laughs> yeah. And it hits this lady in the leg. Oh, and no it looks he... like she got sniped. Like, it knocked her off. Oh, the Eric. And they had to bring an ambulance in. Like, oh, it actually no. knocked her kneecap. Like, oh, out. Eric. And, uh, well, that's the way people were reacting, right? Oh, so, like, no. literally, I'm like 10 days out of the Yankees and people are like, Eric, it's okay. She'll be okay. And I'm like, the dude missed the ball. Like, <laughs> And like, and if and if we help carry her off, bad. we can that continue the game. Like we're holding up the whole game. You know, like, I was I was I so win. locked in. I want to win. That's awesome. From the so. so from the age of two, from the age of two, you were I'm a baseball player. I'm yep. a baseball player. I'm a baseball player. Yep. Can you talk about how that felt to no longer be a baseball player? Yeah, it was hard. I bet. Um, and I was I grew up. We grew up. I grew up in the church, so I had a faith. I was involved. Okay. I was leading. I was part of baseball chapel. I was you know leading chapels on the road, and so. 
you know, I really wanted to serve God through baseball, and yeah. I had in my mind how that was supposed to look. You yeah. know, um, you know, if you wanted me to, if I felt led to be in a city, I would gladly take, you know, $15 million. I wouldn't hold out for a $50 million contract if it was the Lord's will. Hall sure. of Fame, that's God's business. You that's know, God's I was business. You very humble. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, when it was over, like, it was the third year we were married, and it was, like, March, and, hmm. like, I was just being mean and nasty, and so and my wife, she goes, what is your deal? Every spring, like, you, and, like, and the light bulb went off on both our heads, like, <laughs> like a first gear, some, like, my body went and mine went into a place that no longer existed. Yeah, man. And then it was, I, I just called it the baseball pill. <clears throat> Because I just I, I just wanted to serve God through baseball. So I mean, a little well, I wouldn't say it's a crisis of faith, but I felt like, God, you have screwed this whole thing up. Like I was your yeah, guy, right? Mm -hmm. And honestly, it wasn't for the glory. But you know what I learned is, you know, we use the word idols. You know, don't have idols. You know, it's the Ten Commandments. But um, what you don't realize, things get wrapped around your. I would just say your soul mm -hmm. that you don't even realize. And I thought I was doing it for all the right intentions. And then when baseball was gone, like it really took me to a bad place, but it's because I had some thick parts of me had attached to the game that probably mm. should have never had. And so it took a while. I remember there was a, a guy who was a little ahead of me. Um, he's on staff at Mariners church out in California, but we were doing a ministry thing. This was years back. And I said, man, how did, and he got injured. He was a pitcher, top round pick. I said, how did you ever get over it? I said, I'm struggling. Hmm. He goes, well, I just got up and looked in the mirror and said, that sucked. And then I moved on. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, that's the best you got. He's that's like, <laughs> you know. And Such it, a guy answer. <laughs> but you know, it made like total sense. I'm like, sure. yeah, at some point you just have to turn the page. You can't yes. live. You can maybe understand the past, but you have to live forward. Yeah. Um, and so I don't get re-signed. You know, we're getting married in the fall. I end up working. I, I double majored in accounting and business law. Okay. And I can barely do my taxes. Sounds like a fun degree. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sounds like a baseball degree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, I end up getting a job with AT&T, and it was funny. Um, I, I was interviewing with everybody. So I'm out. Like, I graduate with this business degree. I've not worked on the table, man. a day of business in my life. Yeah. I've been playing baseball. Now I'm like... I'm interviewing for management positions saying, like, I'm a leader. I don't have any experience, but I'll work out anybody you have. Give me a job. Let and me I'll... tell you this Tim Rain story. It's really yeah. good. <laughs> so I'm not getting hired by anybody. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but anyway, I'm with AT&T. I make it to the third round, and I'm with, like, the big boss, like, in that region. His son is a 15-year-old baseball phenom. So we talked 45 minutes, and I'm, like, like in his office, like, showing him some hitting drills that we That's would do cool. with the Yankees. And sure. I, was, I was working three days later, and the light bulb went off. Not so much for sales, but like meet people where they're at. Yeah. Right? And yeah. focus on them and just maybe other stuff follows. Yeah. So I did that for a few years. Um, and then uh, we got involved in this great little church. I was kind of like the volunteer youth guy. We didn't have any uh, staff, student ministry staff. So it was me and two moms. But, you know, you're kind of early 20s, former Yankee, like everyone, like I was popular in the youth group yeah. so, mm -hmm. but it was fun I mean but I love these kids like they would just wear their heart on the sleeve and you had such access to their life um, but we just kept praying like Lord where do you want us you know we had these two young careers but they were both moving quickly we were making more money than our parents did hmm. um, and I just had this gnawing feeling athletes in action was a sports ministry that really works with professional and the higher level 
college athletes, they really handled a lot of baseball chapel for all the major league organizations. Ah, gotcha. Um, and they were headquartered in Tampa, Florida, where I was for spring training and that stuff. So I got to know those guys and I always thought, you know, as a Christian athlete, well, someday that would be great. You know, after I retired. After the Hall of Fame induction, right? right? Yeah, then. Um, well, that just kept coming into my mind over and over again. And finally, like I just, I felt like I kind of knew. So Ann came home from work. We both were, we were living in Pittsburgh, downtown Pittsburgh. And I said, uh, I said, so I think God's calling us on staff with Athletes in Action. Mm. Holy cow. She goes, that's so weird. I was going to tell you the same thing no, when I got home. See, wow. that's cool. And we hadn't talked about it. So I make a couple phone calls back to those guys that I hadn't talked to. They put me in touch with the national office and their two biggest needs in the ministry at that time was in their baseball division. It was the fastest growing sports teams ministry that they had and in their communications department. Well, my wife has her PR degree and was doing PR wow. marketing for wow. a firm. They were like, who are you again? Yeah. And I said, we're the next people coming on staff and we're gonna meet both those needs. And so we transitioned out wow. of our careers to, you know, we had to fully raise all of our support to do this. It was a mission group. Sure. You know, so all your living, medical benefits, like all of that stuff, like we had to raise wow. all of that. Mm. And people couldn't get it. They were like, wow, you've got these great jobs and like you want to throw all that away to ask people for money right Can and i'm like well i hope you got more out of the presentation than that but basically <laughs> yes you know 100 a month 200 a month <laughs> I put like it that way. Yeah. yes can, can i ask a question about that yeah um like we talked to we interviewed somebody in our last episode his name's justin and he was a teacher and he had taught for a long time and something he described it as like something stirring inside of him almost that yep. was telling him hey you should quit your job and go do something else so that you yeah. can reach more people with the love of God, basically. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not telling our listeners, hey, God's telling you to quit your job. Yes. But how, how did you know? Like you said, you, you and your wife both felt led. Were there things that you were doing prior to that to kind of be in touch with what God was telling you? And then describe that feeling of God leading you a certain direction. Uh, yeah, well. I know a, it's a loaded a question, but I know, like, that's what I'm thinking right now. Like, so how, I would say we were, I mean... I don't know that we were really seeking. I knew I, I didn't, I didn't love sales. Like even though there was, we were having some success in that. Um, I always had a sense of a call, like a draw to ministry. But okay. like growing up, it was like you're gonna pastor a church or live in a hut in Africa. Like, Those were your only options. I didn't know there was anything else really out there. Um, <clears throat> but I'd just say, and I don't know that we were doing anything. I mean, we, you know, we we were always pretty faithful and just we wanted to engage scripture. We prayed regularly. We were involved with the church community, but yeah, that stuff's important. I, I would just say it was more of a like a, a stirring or just this. I wouldn't even say a voice. Like it was, I just sensed hmm. right, and the more I just listened or would slow down, right, it was just like athletes. It just kept coming back into my mind, and at some yeah. point I said, I just need to engage this. So I just started really thinking or even praying like god what is this like keeps coming back and um and that's where i mean the only thing i knew to do is like well share it with your wife and it's been amazing we've had a couple different you know turns in our journey together in ministry and every time he's just um we were of the same mind so it's like it's never that's just incredible. me Isn't amazing? Yeah, like if good. god's in it god's in it right and yeah. there's going to be other things i think that that come together in that you know one of the things that i have always appreciated about you because we've known each other for a while is how you have just adapted your life and now you're in a place where with this altar fishing thing i mean you are caring for the souls of other leaders mm -hmm. and earlier on when we were talking about the baseball experience you talked about how you noticed some things that had attached to your soul that you had to let go of 
And now you're helping other leaders kind of notice the same thing. Hmm. So if I'm listening to this conversation, you know, maybe I'm in my truck, maybe I'm at the workplace, maybe I'm home, maybe I'm in my living room, you know, <laughs> and how do I know if there are things that have attached to my soul that shouldn't be there? How, how do I know that? Well, you go on an altar fly fishing trip. <laughs> yeah! You just, you just, <laughs> go to you, Utah. Just, you look in the mirror <laughs> yeah. and you say, that sucks. That and sucks. You move on. And you move on. <laughs> you suck. And you move on. Gosh. Uh, um, yeah, you, I think one of the things you absolutely have to do, because I think if when we slow down, and I think that's the key, like the pace we're living life and the hmm. hurriedness, like unless you carve out some space to just let the dust settle and have some clarity. Like, I don't know that you really can know or think that, notice it. Right. But when you do, and I've just, I've just talked to so many guys in their forties, fifties, especially that age, there's such a transition point there where you're like, is this all there is? Like Hmm. I'm getting, I'm going through, I'm doing the routine every day. We're making money there, but they're not happy. They feel miserable. Yeah. Um, and they're just saying there has to be more. I remember Tom Brady was interviewed by Barbara Walters. I remember like, that interview. I know, like, right? We're going with three this. super. She's like, so you must, you, you know, three Super Bowls, mm-hmm. and you've got the girl. And she goes, what do you think about all that? And he goes, I just keep thinking there has to be more than this. And I just, mm-hmm. I sat back in my chair. I'm like, that is so sad, you know, because yes. what it looks like he has it all. There's like a hole. There's something there mm-hmm. that he just has not yet attained but it wasn't like an excitement like it was almost like this depressive look like yeah i just keep thinking there has to be something more yeah and nathan i'm thinking like the people that are listening to us you know if 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 you're living your life and you think you have it all but yet you notice there's something miserable deep inside you don't have to live like that yeah you don't you don't have to be miserable no no that's can i quote jesus please please do (laughs) in john 10 10 he says i've come that you would have life and have it to the full like Mm. or abundantly or like overflowing but a lot of times we think oh yeah when i go to heaven when i die but jesus didn't talk a whole lot about that like when Mm. he's saying that you would flourish and thrive and have life i think he meant now yeah regardless of your circumstances that there is you know he says springs of living water like something is gonna well up in you that's goodness and you just find this gratitude and joy Mm. in life and that's what i see missing in so many people and i think it's because maybe we have attached ourselves pursued wrong things or we're just moving so fast we've forgotten what the good stuff is and that's part of what we do Mm. is just say let's get some time away to recalibrate you know focus you know at least with the guys we do you know several different kinds of uh, just reflections and evaluating things in our life to just say like oh, okay now I, I am beginning to see like I don't like this or I've always wanted or I yeah. know I'm missing this whether it's with your body whether it's with your mind whether it's your vacation your relationships like all of that encompasses yeah. the soul so yeah. good it, yeah. I, f- I feel like there's fear involved too like like me thinking about asking myself those questions I'm, I'm scared to do it Yep. You know, because well, I've it got means, tissues here. If you well, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not asking myself them right now. Oh. Not, not in front of you. <laughs> Maybe in front of Chad. Yeah, he'll it, ask. He'll but, ask me when we leave. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like I, because once you start removing some of those things that are, you know, around your soul, you're giving up some things that you've devoted your life to, possibly. Um, so for mm-hmm. that guy or, or or a girl even who's in that spot right now, they know that they have to have some of these conversations. Can you just give a baby step to that person? Like maybe they can't take a week and go fly fishing in Utah. What can mm-hmm. they do in their everyday life right now? Um, I'd say if you've got a trusted friend, just at least speak mm. it or yeah. just to get it out there. 
uh, oftentimes so much stuff stays hidden. <laughs> and I think once it's out Good. in the open, it's like, wow, all right, well, we can talk about that or deal with it. And sometimes the power of that fear instantly lessens just if we articulate it. Because there's shame involved in that too. You don't want to speak it because you're ashamed of what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah and you're yeah, admitting that you're you're admitting that you have an issue, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's and hard. I, th- I think we've learned we live with such a scarcity mentality because I had a guy. I mean, I love this guy, and uh, he was in the first Bible study ever with me. This was years back, but he was like a a great gambler, raised right? big cigar smoker, like all that stuff. Which um, I'm not going to say anything's bad about cigars. So anyway, we're gonna like, do we're gonna do that. But later. he was the guy that Vegas would keep flying him out because he was that good, and they knew at some point we'd get our money back. So he was like one of these high roller guys, and so he's you know, but he's making all of these changes like out you know in his life. But he goes, I just really love gambling, and he's like, I don't know mm. what. I just said, here's the deal. I was like, just keep taking steps forward, um, because what you're fearing is losing something that you enjoy. Right. Just maybe you're gonna find something you enjoy more as you keep going, right? We have yeah, this scarcity beautiful. or this lost yeah. mentality and we forget that God is a God of abundance. It's the John 10, 10 stuff. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. good. That's really good. Yep. All right. So, so shift gears a little bit here. I, I know that you love fly fishing. <laughs> you just got back from Utah and I do know that they say, now this is what they say. Who's they? The, the fly fishing experts. The fly fishing community. The fly fishing community. <laughs> there is such a thing. And I'm, I'm slowly pursuing that. I, I enjoy flashing myself. They say there is a fly for every circumstance. Is that actually true? Well, f- trout eat flies. <laughs> so I would say yes. And I would say if you know how to fish any fly or many flies, you're going to probably catch fish. Yeah, but they can be picky. Like one of my favorite... We do a family trip on Penn's Creek. It's uh, right in the middle of Pennsylvania, just about 30 minutes from Penn State University. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's a renowned trout stream. Uh, but it, these fish are so uh, finicky, and there's so many bugs in the water. So you might have seven, eight, maybe ten different hatches happening, right? Yes. You know, they start on the bottom. They, they work their way up. They hatch. But these fish will key in on one of those ten flies, at one of the three or four different stages in the life cycle, and that's what they're feeding on for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe a good part of the morning. And then they're done. Yeah, and then they switched around something else. That's incredible. And somehow they all... They all know. Whatever language they speak we're to not each eating, other. We're not eating fill in the blank. Right. We're eating now. We're now eating this. So part of the love is can you solve the puzzle, <laughs> right, of what's happening yes. under the water. Can I, can I uh, put you on the spot a little bit? It, yeah. It's not going to be, like, inappropriate or, like, Chad... It'll be, it'll be like okay. just like a normal question. Um, what what is the and you? This is your chance to lie and to show off, well, and have, no one I will ever been. know. <laughs> no, you have been correct, but no one will ever know if you're lying or not. What All is right. the biggest fish that you have ever caught on a fly rod? On a fly rod. Um, I think it would would have to be the steelhead. I actually shot Chad this picture, um, but this. Do you have it right now? I do. I do have Can it. Can I see it? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up. Sure. Yeah, I'll look it up right now. Yeah. So yeah. it was. Uh, it yeah. ran us. We were fishing out of a, a drift boat, but it <clears throat> literally ran us a mile up and down the stream Holy to get this cow. thing in. And, there you go. There it is. Wow. Yeah, pretty big. I'm looking at this picture. It, if you turned it like vertical, it would be your size. And how tall are you? Uh, six two. Yeah, he's yeah. six two, and it would be basically it's easily six it's foot easily two. a four foot fish. Easily. Oh my it's huge. Yeah. yeah, and it was just uh, usually you try to extend your arms, but you yeah. could like see my hands like pressing into a stomach. Like <laughs> yeah. this thing it's was incredible. so heavy. Incredible, and it drug you a mile. 
Yeah. Holy so we were just cow. holding on, trying to gain on it, and it would take off. Like it was, it was awesome. I know you make flies though, too, right? I do. Do you, have you ever named a fly? Get came up with your own fly name? Yeah. Yeah. You, I've can got you give me the, one? the rainbow hog. The rainbow <laughs> hog. There you go. <laughs> I, I love again, it. So again. most fly tires steal, <laughs> beg, borrow, and steal from others. So I have to give Tom Starmack with okay, Zoetic Flies. There he's a go. buddy. He made the pink hog, and he's got a way he does it. But, you know, you change some wrapping, some materials. But I always liked using a rainbow bead because it looks like a hot spot. It's an attractor. Boom. Um, Nathan, you, know, you, you are learning I, so much. It catches am, fish am, everywhere. Woo. Everybody listening now is learning so much right now. <laughs> This fly fishing community that you speak of, yeah, I've man. never yeah. been a part of it before, yeah. but I, I feel like I would like it. This is good. Yeah. Um, Eric, thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate it. This yeah. is great. It's been really good talking with you, and um, I think just the idea of living into what God has for you ahead, mm. living into the fact that God is an abundant God, mm. that's such a good principle. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you You have guys. a great day. Thank you, you too. See you, bro. See you. Thanks for checking out our interview with Eric. Uh, So much awesome stuff in there. There's a couple of things I want to point you toward before we sign off. Uh, First is parkviewchurch.tv. Every single weekend, starting on Saturdays, you can check out a brand new Parkview at Home experience. And then also, this isn't the only podcast that Parkview has to offer. Uh, Go to parkviewchurch.com slash on the go, and you can see all of the other amazing content that our team is putting out there to enjoy on your morning walk, while you're doing dishes, on your commute, whenever you listen to our content. Thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. Love you guys.